Toys That Are Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards, and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played GoldenEye 007 for Nintendo 64, and if you don't know what GoldenEye is, it's an anime kart racer. And uh, it's just got a lot of wacky hijinks. Oh, wasn't this the game that was so good at the time that they made a movie about it? Yeah, well, they made um, a movie and a manga. <laughs> what? No, this is GoldenEye. It is a first-person shooter that everybody knows and either loves or hates or is indifferent because that covers pretty much everything. Who hates GoldenEye? There's people online who hate GoldenEye and they talk about how much how much it sucks and how everybody has too fond of memories about it and blah, blah, blah. People have opinions on the internet, Dan. Do you know this? Jordan, that sounds like what our show is all about. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. is. Are our memories of these games too fond when we have memories, of course? Yeah. Sometimes, you know. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll just dive into it and see what did we think of GoldenEye, you know, all these years later. Yeah, this was an important game. Uh, yeah. It came out in 1997, and I remember... The um, game of the year in 1997. Uh, according to what publication? According to the N64 <laughs> James Bond Game of the Year edition box that I got, which was the N64 <laughs> that we had when I was a kid. Uh, all you need is one Game of the Year award from some outlet to just slap that on there. Game of the Year from Sunoco Gas Station. Yeah, right. I remember playing this at Target at the kiosk. Really? And like telling my mom, like, Mom, I need Goldeneye. It was usually like a cartoony, like fun game, not usually like one involving guns and blood. Yeah, well, this game, I think Nintendo knew it was going to be big, so they were, they just they pushed knew. it in the kiosk. Good job, so, Nintendo. Yeah, it sold me on it. Yeah. Um, This one, made by Rare. Yep. Uh, Donkey Kong Country was the first, I think, rare game that was really big. Yeah. And then this one? I mean, this has got to be one of their, definitely one of their biggest from that time period. I mean, you look at like the rare collection on Rare Replay and, uh, man, this is a huge glaring omission from that collection because it was like the big daddy of rare games at the time. I feel like since Microsoft is playing nice with Nintendo... It would be know. amazing if somehow they worked out like a rare replay version with an updated control scheme of GoldenEye. Yeah, and I've seen rumors about that that are just rumors because it's been like years now. But yeah. I, I mean, I feel like this game could get a re-release with modern controls and could be a lot of fun. Well, Especially they, like, you know, like how they surprised everybody with Tetris 99. What if they launched it as like a Nintendo exclusive, not not, you know not a battle royale James Bond or whatever, but like just dropped it on there and was like, Oh, here all of a sudden here it is. Big surprise. I could see something like that happening and Nintendo making it happen. Well, about, I don't know, might've been 2013, 2010. They did put out a golden eye remake. Yeah. Uh, originally on the Wii. And then it later came as like an updated version to the PS3 and the 360. And I think that that was well received, but I don't know how similar the game actually is yeah. to the original golden eye that we all remember. But, yeah, GoldenEye. GoldenEye. This was one that we loved in our family because we had four boys and, you know, any of these four-player games where you could just 
kill each other. That was great. You know, you can take out a lot of your rage and anger. And we always played License to Kill, so one hit kills in multiplayer. Definitely put more hours into multiplayer than into the single player mode. But I've played through the the single player mode of this game probably several times. Yeah, I feel like this game uh, has something to do, and I could be wrong. This is just my 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 opinion. I'm not. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Halo. Some of the impact that Halo had was because GoldenEye put shooters on the map on consoles. Yeah, on consoles for sure. I mean, you definitely had PC shooter games, uh, but you know this was a huge, huge step forward. Console shooter games up to this point were not really anything to write home about, and then you have this, and it becomes this big cultural touchstone for yeah. a reason because it had such a big impact. And then you don't really see that again until Halo, and then Halo kind of blows the genre up to you know the massive thing that it is today well halo handed the baton to yeah. call of duty well, modern it's, it's, warfare and then it became what it is today fortnite uh that's not a first person shooter i know <laughs> i've played maybe three games of fortnite uh i just i wasn't a fan i wasn't good at it so that's why i wasn't a fan yeah well do you want to get into what the game does well yes let's do that all right and I think for me, the very first thing that I want to say, and I know that we're supposed to like take off our nostalgia glasses, so I'm going to say this first, but the nostalgia is incredible with this game. It was just a blast. We got together with a group of people on my birthday and played this game. We had three screens, and we were just blowing each other up and throwing proximity mines and shooting each other, and there was a lot of nostalgia there, and um, that is definitely going to play a role in this, although we will mm. try to remove that from there, but like... If you are like, man, I don't want to go back and play that game because I don't know if I'm going to like be able to have those happy feels. I don't want to ruin it for myself. Like it actually, yeah, I don't know. I, I felt the nostalgia with this one. Man, I um, I feel like, okay, well, this is what the game does well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. We'll uh, stay positive here first. Yeah, that's right. I have to remember that <laughs> uh, because I didn't, um, I didn't have the best time going back to this one. Uh <laughs> I, I, I kind of like, saw that. <laughs> so, like, as I was replaying the damn level, I was like, oh, this brings me back. Yeah, that so first it, level. It definitely Iconic. was. There's definitely nostalgia with this one. Yeah. Um, but this game comes from an era that is before we had twin stick controls that yeah. were really good. Um, so I feel like if you have nostalgic memories of this game, that's definitely a pro of it because it's like everybody that we played with is basically around our age and yeah. we all remembered playing this growing up late um, 20s early 30s yeah and so there's something about the that four player multiplayer that i mean still to this day i mean you you love towerfall yes it's the same kind of thing where this game really shines yep um the single player has merits on its own but like the multiplayer, which I read, uh, I think it was on the Wikipedia page or whatever. The multiplayer was like tacked on at the end. It wasn't even like originally planned. Which is insane. Yeah. Because it is the game for so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like part of the reason that GoldenEye uh, means what it does or people feel the way that they do about GoldenEye is because of the multiplayer. Oh, yeah. it. I mean, it just changed. It just changed what multiplayer sitting on your couch at home was. Yeah. I mean, I feel like... This game is so important for, or just like, it's not Super Mario Brothers important, but no. maybe it is in the shooter genre because like, like we talked about, like Halo 
uh, was like the first step in online console shooting games being great. And none of us would have known what a console shooter was really if we hadn't played GoldenEye before that. Um, this four player split screen thing. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like nostalgia is a valid point as far as what this game does well. Yes. I just wanted to get away, get it out there at the beginning. I know that we're going to try to avoid that for the rest of this, but I just wanted to put it out there. I did avoid this game for a long time because I was like, man, I don't want to like go back and tarnish those memories and be like, oh, that game that I loved is terrible. <laughs> Battletoads? <clears throat> but I want to point out that like the controls aren't great. They're not great, but they weren't as bad as I anticipated. They actually held up better than I thought they did. Like, you don't have twin stick, right? You, you you have to move around with your one stick, but you do have the strafing commands with the C buttons, and you can fly. When you're strafing, you go so fast. And so, um, you know, it was interesting. It actually held up better than I expected it to. It's interesting that you say that because... It wasn't great. Yeah, I feel like I have to disagree with you about the <laughs> controls, but we're not going there yet. We're not t- yet, we're, we're, we're there. We're sticking with what the game does well yeah and i don't totally disagree with you i just i don't think that the controls are good or great they were just better than i anticipated <laughs> eh, not bad yeah. i guess it technically doesn't go in the bad column no i mean just like it didn't destroy my childhood memories which i think is a plus that's for yes. some of these games yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try to do more of that in the future destroying your childhood memories yeah but, i know uh, you get joy from that <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, something I have that the game does well is the music. Yeah. I really like the music in this game. Um, it's definitely James Bond. It's definitely James Bond. I mean, like, it's similar to what we talked about in Super Star Wars, where, like, you already have something to work from. Yeah. Obviously, they're not, like, ripping off something as iconic as the Star Wars soundtrack, but you do have that James Bond theme, and then they do a good job of carrying over that sort of feel into the rest of the music in the game. Yeah, I really like the music. This game can be stressful at times um, for a multitude of reasons, but I never feel like, you know, like in Mario, the music speeds up when you're running out of time. Yeah. And I never feel like the music adds to the stress level of this game. It just adds to something. I don't know. There's a good feel. Well, you have like, you know, James Bond is like always calm, always cool under pressure. He's always got it all together. And the music is sort of like, not elevator music, but it's like kind of chill and it's just like vibing. It's like, all right, we're just moving and we're getting stuff done and Mm -hmm. it goes along with like his personality. So I I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's interesting to point out about the music. Yeah. Um, it's not like super upbeat all the time. It's kind of just vibing in there. Yeah. I wonder how closely the game soundtrack actually matches the movie soundtrack. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Oh, it's a good movie. But what James Bond movie isn't a good movie? Uh, a lot of the old ones. Well, those don't count. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something that stood out for me is something that's really good about this game is, especially with the multiplayer, there's lots of weapons and game types to keep the multiplayer interesting. And I think that that is a huge difference from so many of the other N64 games that we've played. Like, compare it to Wave Race, which is, like, yeah. so incredibly bare bones compared to what you get in GoldenEye. With all these different weapon sets, all these different game modes... Um, it's just, it's so in depth for an N64 game. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you brought, you just brought up wave race and I'm like, well, that was a launch title. And then I was thinking about like, well, Mario Kart, but then again, like it's got the battle mode and like racing, but, but even not, the like, battle mode is so bare bones. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'm agreeing with you yeah. and, as I'm thinking about like these N64 games, um, Diddy Kong racing, same, same case. 
yeah, I think that there's a depth to this multiplayer that, you know, you've got man with the golden gun, you've got license to kill, uh, you've got twice, you only live twice. You've got what's like straight up death match. You've got timed matches. You've got a bunch of different weapon sets. Uh, depending on the number of players, you get access to certain maps. Yep. Um, but I think with four players, you get a significantly reduced number of maps that you can play. But with two players, you get a pretty full amount of maps. Interesting. I don't know that I've ever played this not four players. <laughs> well, when we had that multiplayer party is when we figured it out because it was like, where's all the maps? Like everything should be unlocked on my cartridge. And then it was like, oh, well, when you change the number of players, you get access to different maps. So I kind of stumbled on it. Huh. That's interesting. Accident. Yeah. Learning something new. You know, the N64, you got to choose. Like, I remember later on in the James Bond games, um, it might have been World is Not Enough or something else, where you could, like, choose better, more detailed weapons and less detailed environment, or a more detailed <laughs> environment and less detailed weapons. Who would or, ever like, choose medium. more detailed weapons? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. So, yeah, there was some weird trade offs with the N64. Yeah. So it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, these devs got really, you know, creative in how they made stuff work that's pretty interesting yeah i'm glad we're past this era of gaming yeah where right now you know they can do amazing stuff so they just ship half a game and charge you for a full game and then you got to pay for the rest of it later what am i wrong am i wrong Uh, kind of uh i disagree (laughs) say what you will about goldeneye but it came with the entire uh set of missions and some bonus missions and multiplayer and it was all one price yeah, well, say what you will about some of these games, but if they shipped broken with game-breaking bugs, then you were kind of up a creek. Hello, Battletoads. Yeah, that's fair. Hello, Top Gun, not being able to land your Yeah, plane. so maybe if we could have patched Top Gun, it would be on the best of the NES list. <laughs> <laughs> Alternate universe. Oh, man. What else do you have for what this game does well? Uh, I have the mission variety. Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, There's definitely a lot, you know, environments and just objectives and and everything. I feel like every mission you're kind of doing something different. Yeah, and there's a lot of missions in the single player. Yeah. And they are. You have sneaky missions. You have missions where you're just going in and killing a bunch of guys. You have missions with all sorts of different objectives. Yeah, I appreciate the variety. Um, Another thing I have that the game does well is it kind of like does it a decent job of making you feel like a secret agent. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like with it being a James Bond game, like I feel like it suits, uh, the sort of, um, what am I, what's the word of immersion? Okay. Uh, it's, it suits the immersion of like being a secret agent of like, now uh, I'm in Siberia and now I'm in this other, I don't know. They do get, is it all, is it all in Russia? Yeah. Most of it, I think. Well, it's okay. Like for, yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. But you're in a jungle, and then you're in, like, a laboratory, and then you're in a factory. and The thing, like, that's really interesting is you get, like, all these files, and you can just go into each level and just play it. But if you, like, actually open up your watch and, like, flip through the files, or before the, the level, if you flip through the files, like, there's little notes there from different people at headquarters, and they actually, some of them are just, like, little, like, personality things, like, saying, like, hey, whatever, just, like, conversations. And then some of them are, like, 
key things that might help you out in the mission. And so like you actually kind of feel like James Bond in the movie when he's leaving from headquarters and he's getting all these kind of conversations with, with M and Q and all these people as he's leaving. Yeah. As he stops in the middle of a firefight to look at his watch Yes, and, and it, read all this. It makes you invincible. He should always read his watch because it pauses time, makes him invincible. What an, that's really interesting now that I'm thinking about it like that notion of like, all right, the menu is going to be him staring at his watch. Yeah. Cause like, I don't think his watch was anything like that in the movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he switched weapons from his watch in the movie. I don't think he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's, that's something. Do you but, have anything else that stands out of what this game does? Well, no, okay. no, I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can move on then to what the game does poorly. And I think for me, <laughs> the biggest thing about this game, about what is bad about it, is that it's just a beta version of Perfect Dark. Oh, Jordan. Perfect Dark is the superior game in every way. It's got better graphics, better multiplayer, better story, better weapons, more modes, more characters. And it is James Bond just upgraded in every single way. Now, how is that a fair critique against GoldenEye that it's not another game? Because, like, I'm just saying, if in 2020... Well, it's a little weird to say that. I'm still not used to that. If in 2020 you're going back to play one of these games, you really shouldn't be going back to play GoldenEye. Even if you have nostalgia for GoldenEye, play Perfect Dark. It has all the same levels. It has most of the same guns. Like, you're going to have a same good time, but you're going to have a better time because Perfect Dark is the better game. One of the things that, I, I mean, I haven't played a whole lot of Perfect Dark in my life, and the little bit that I did play at the party was zero fun for me. <laughs> I just... I. I mean, if I had to rate my fun out of anything, it would be a giant zero. Zero, yeah. Um, you got like two kills. I don't even think I got two kills. Oh, um, so maybe if I knew what I was doing, I would have been a little bit more fun. But I don't. I don't know about that. Um, but one of the things that Perfect Dark does have going for it is it's been re-released on Rare Replay. Yes. So there you go. Um, so you can play Perfect Dark on modern platforms, unlike GoldenEye, which you'd have to play the remake on. Yeah. 360 or PS3. But I mean, sure. Perfect dark. Fine. I mean, yeah, we can. I mean, we can move on to, to <laughs> GoldenEye. But I uh, just that is it's a real point of contention because like a lot of people don't didn't play Perfect Dark and they don't realize that nah, it's man. made by the same people. It's got a lot of the same levels. Yeah. And it's just better. But take uh, off your nostalgia glasses, Jordan. I no, I am. I'm saying Come back like, to the show. All right. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Um, what's bad about GoldenEye? The graphics are just terrible. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. terrible on modern screens. Like they made several people at the party and I know they made you sick. <laughs> so it's funny. We should, uh, say that this is like our fourth, what our fourth time attempting to do this GoldenEye episode. Yeah. Which has never happened before. Yeah. The first time we got together, I was just like, I don't know. I was having a bad day or something and I was like, it's going to be a terrible podcast. And the next time we like, didn't sort the schedule out the right way you're like am i coming over to the record and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> and then the third time i literally got sick uh while playing while the game we were playing golden <laughs> yeah and so here we are the fourth time trying to you know yeah. do this golden episode and i I don't know if it, i can neither confirm nor deny whether it was golden fault that i had to puke while i was playing it because uh, I didn't have that experience today when playing it, um, revisiting it. But the yeah, thing, like <sighs> it's something weird, man. On a on a modern flat screen TV, it just 
it messes with your brain a little bit. Now, at the party, we had it projected on a low-definition 4.3 projector, and that looked a lot better to me. And I, that didn't make me sick, but for some reason, on like a flat-screen TV in HD, it just like really messes with my mind. Well, it looks very smudgy. Yeah. And like the draw distance is pretty awful. I was trying to like snipe people from far away and like you can, <laughs> you're like, oh, Precise. it's like a moving smudge in the distance. Uh, hopefully it doesn't see me so that I could try to shoot this thing and not die because there's no health anywhere. Yeah. But um, yeah, this game looks terrible. No surprise. No, I mean, I mean, what N64 game looks particularly great these days? Uh, not many of them. You got to um, give them credit for taking like photorealistic faces and pasting them onto just squares, onto cubes. Uh, fun fact: most of the non-James Bond characters uh, in this game are the developers. Interesting. Yeah, I just I think it was on. I don't know. I read that somewhere, but yeah. Dev faces on soldier and scientist. Well, it was probably a pretty that nature. new and unique thing. So they're like, man, I'm going to put my face in the game. Yeah. I'm going to put my face on this square that's on top of these square bodies. <laughs> We've kind of already <sighs> talked about this a little bit, but it's worth pointing out in the what the game does poorly section is that the controls could be a lot better. Um, Now, don't undersell the people, Jordan. I'm not. I put it in the pro column that it wasn't as bad as it could be. The controls are awful in this game. (laughs) I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the controls ruin this game. Well, I don't know about that. You had a harder time with the controls than I did. And that's why I wanted to play it more. And they weren't any better. The more I play Goldeneye, the less I'm like, yeah, these controls, I'm getting... Like aiming suddenly feels good in Goldeneye. No, no, you the don't. controls are awful. This is the trick. This is how I was able to have fun and to be pretty good at our um, fake Goldeneye land party. Um, don't ever click the zoom button. Don't ever try to aim because that's just you're gonna have a bad time. Uh, make sure you just utilize that auto aim and get really good with the strafing buttons because you can run so fast when you're strafing. You just zoom around corners and blast people in the face, and then you'll have a good time playing Goldeneye. I feel like the controls on Goldeneye are the perfect reason why we do this show, <laughs> to judge games by today's standards. Yeah, uh, by today's standards, it's awful. Because by today's standards, it is just the worst. Um, Not the they, worst. Yes, no, literally the worst. Okay. Probably the worst controls that we've had in a video game that we've done on the show in 35 episodes. Yeah, that's um, true. There's even like, so you can change the control scheme so you can use two controllers. But since. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I never knew that. Like you can change the controls to hold two N64 controllers at once. That's insane. Yeah. And it's so close to right, except for that they have it backwards to where the stick that strafes on modern consoles. So the left stick makes you walk forward, backwards, strafe left and right Uh, on Goldeneye. Uh, the stick makes you walk backwards and forwards and then turn left and right. Yeah, but couldn't you just trade the controllers to your other hands and then it would be correct? No, because it's still the right The right stick s- makes you look up and look down, or uh, the C buttons, oh. and then the C left and right make you strafe left and right. So the strafing is backwards to the looking. And so if they could just have switched these somehow to put all of the looking on the C buttons, Goldeneye would actually hold up. Yeah. Well... 
Maybe. It would hold it better. Then they could have stuck like a normal like reticle on the screen to aim and you wouldn't have to stop and shoot like your Resident Evil. <sighs> Dude. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, the controls. like, it, And even like the sniping that I was talking about, there's something about it where you're like fighting the reticle. So you're stopped for like five minutes at a time trying to snipe. And then you're like trying to line up these shots, but the the reticle like slightly moves too fast or too slow. It never moves the right speed. Yeah. Um, It doesn't feel good. So it just, it's always, yeah, there is auto aim to compensate for that manual aiming, but it's like, oh, I'm in a hallway and there's four guys mowing me down. Auto aim works really good with the pistols. Not so good with the machine guns. It works fine when you're like kind of close ish to a guy, but when you have to like stop and aim at anything that's far away, it's just, it's a mess. And it just, for me, it just absolutely (laughs) ruined this game. How do you really feel about it, Dan? I wanted to like it. I know. I I wanted to like it. And I even remember revisiting it probably, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Um, and not thinking it was that bad. Yeah. But like today, I'm just like, ugh. Why, Goldeneye? See, you're I'm not... so close to greatness. If you could just switch those strafe buttons with those See, look buttons. I'm not as down on it as you are. I still think there's some some fun to be had in Goldeneye, and that it it was actually better than I expected it to be. But yeah, there's definitely things about it that are that are bad. Yeah. Um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me that I didn't remember from when I was younger was that there's really only a couple multiplayer maps that are great for four people. Like stacks and complex are fun. But most of the levels are either too big or not really laid out for multiplayer. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think, uh, I haven't thought too critically about the multiplayer. I think I was too busy not having much fun uh, <laughs> playing the multiplayer to really come up with valid critiques of it. Like, Temple's a good map, but it's a little bit too big for four players. And this is actually one of the things that Perfect Dark did improve on by adding bots, is that some of these big levels felt more populated when you could add bots to your multiplayer games. Come on, man. Leave Perfect Dark out of it. I'm just saying. It's not relevant to this conversation, It is. It is. But that's the last time I'm going to mention it. That's the last time it's in my notes anyway. Fine. Fine. I'll probably mention it again, but it's the last time it's in my notes. Let's hope not. And uh, one other thing that I have in the negative column, this is actually my last one, is that the single player missions don't give you a whole lot of direction, which is weird because like you're supposed to be James Bond, this super prepared agent who like has all of the right tools and all the right information and who goes in and gets the job done. But a lot of times you are just wandering around levels trying to figure out what to do next. And it's like the opposite of, you know, that super prepared and like super well assisted bond that we see in the movies. So I have also that the the game has cryptic, unclear objectives. <laughs> but um, before we dig into that, like I kind of disagree. Like I feel like James Bond really, really is this kind of um, as far as like his preparation. He kind of is a think on the fly sort of get himself out of a bad situation an awful lot. When was the last time you watched a James Bond movie? James Bond is not MacGyver. James Bond has the right tool for every job that he's going to encounter. He's adaptable. He does not have the right tool. He's got to figure a lot of things out. And that's part of what makes him so great um, as a character is that he's always able to get out of these terrible situations by blowing up a bunch of stuff. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. I have a very different mental image of who James Bond is. And he is not MacGyver in my mind. No, he's Daniel Craig. Uh, see, for me, <laughs> my, hashtag not my James Bond. My James Bond is uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan used to be my James Bond until Daniel Craig became James Bond, and then I was like, see, yes, he lost me exactly. at Quantum of Solace or whatever. Like oh, I just man. that movie You're was out of your mind. Whatever, out of your mind. 
But anyways, back to these awful objectives that are like, take a picture of the satellite, like destroy (laughs) all the alarms and bungee jump off the bridge. Like, do I have equipment? Do I just need to jump off this bridge? Like, uh, attach a modem to the computer or something like what computer? Yeah. There's like 40 computers in this level. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Copy the golden eye key. Uh, okay. I found the golden eye key. How am I supposed to cut? Oh, I have this key analyzer in my inventory. Like if you it happen just, to look in your watch, yeah, yeah, or or you know destroy all the surveillance. It's like, well, how do you know how many cameras there? Like, why don't you tell me well, how you much shooting until there is? It tells you that you accomplished the mission. Yeah, but you got to be thorough, like with the whole map. Yeah, in order this confusing like layout of tunnels that lead nowhere and rooms that don't do anything and like yeah, it's just the man, what a mess. <laughs> Again. A perfect example of today's standards making games way better because you would never like games today have mini maps and to some extent it's a crutch but at the same time i would rather like actually get through a game than have to like beat my head against the wall trying to figure out which scientist i have to hold up to get the key to the circuit like i'm just like i don't well this is the thing the, the mini map and like the arrows that kind of point you in the right direction. Those are the things that help you feel like that super smart secret mm-hmm. agent rather than just like feeling like your dumb self. Yeah. Like I don't want to play <laughs> as me. I don't want to have to figure everything out. Like Jordan isn't going to figure everything out, but James yeah. Bond would. So I need some assistance to be James Bond. Yeah. And you don't even like a lot of games will let you sort of uh, meander around until they sense like, Hey, it's been a couple minutes and you haven't moved towards the next objective. It gets to a certain point where, like it's not bad to hold my hand a little bit. Um, and this was, I feel like it, it's by today's standards. This is how games were back then. It was like, go figure it out. It's like, yeah. s- like we said with super star Wars, it's like, Oh, the game is like less than half an hour, but how can <laughs> we get seven hours out of it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's so I feel like, um, it's just a flaw of the design of this game by today's standards of, of just, no handholding and just bungee jump off the dam and like hack the computer, take a picture of the mainframe screen. Like, Hey, you figured it out. eventually. Is this the screen? Like you were like, (laughs) I think that's the satellite you're supposed to take a picture of. And I took a picture of it and it like, wasn't, didn't like pop an objective. And I was like, Oh, not the satellite. All right. Well, maybe it's on top of the rocket. Oh, there's not a rocket in this room. Like what, (laughs) what is like, come on. Uh, do you have anything else that stands out to you of what this game did poorly? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. <laughs> Lightning round? <laughs> uh, trying to be stealthy in this game is terrible. Yeah. Um, I was playing that mission, whatever, you got to copy the golden Nike, and it's like, take out the surveillance. And I had to restart the mission like four times because there's like a camera on one end of the room that you start in. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like two guys and a camera right outside the other room. And I'm like, well, you got to shoot through the window and take out the camera. Yeah. But there's no, the angle for the, so you start in like this little hallway and there's like a door in front of you, a door behind you. And if you go through the door behind you, there's a camera in that room. Don't do that. And it's like, okay, so I got to like peek around the corner. It's, it's, it forced me to retry a bunch of times rather than like, yeah doing anything like and it's just one of those things where even like on the the damn mission i was like trying to be stealthy and not like alert enemies to my presence and i realized like no yeah, this is just a guns blazing thing there's no oh yeah 
there's no mechanics that help you do stealth very well in this game and, and no. maybe that's just not the way you're supposed to play it but yeah the stealth not a good time <laughs> um the the last thing that i have that's overall um a critique against Goldeneye and kind of encompasses everything is it's like i feel like the weaknesses of the game make it hard not the game itself yeah so it's because like the mechanics and the controls you're like fighting with the aiming and you're fighting with the strafing and like you can't really and maybe it's just because it's 2020 and we play games differently now yeah there are things um, that we didn't really notice when we were younger because we didn't have the experience that we have now yeah it, it's just i feel like i'm fighting with this game and there's something here that could be great it's just the game feels old and i feel like it is the epitome of Let's take off nostalgia glasses and see what this game really is, and it's really not a good game. <laughs> well, uh, I think this is a good <laughs> a good point to to transition a little bit. So we don't normally ever play these games with other people, but since we did this time, I actually asked some of our friends for their one to two sentence reviews of GoldenEye, and everyone had a lot of fun. I think that we all had fun reliving this game, but everyone also had some pretty big criticisms too. And these aren't hardcore gamers; these are definitely casual or nominal gamers. Um, my brother Brian, who does not play games anymore at all, but played a lot of N64 when we were kids, he said it was a lot harder to pick up, pick back up than I thought, which I think that we all kind of realized it was a little bit harder to pick up than we remembered. Uh, my wife Maddie said, I needed a dual analog stick, and why no starting gun? I spent 90% of the game without a gun. That is a yeah. really weird choice in multiplayer to start you with no gun. Yeah, slappers only, man. Which actually led to, I had some friends who would play, you're not allowed to kill somebody if they haven't picked up a gun yet, which is just a stupid rule. Like, shoot whoever you Maybe. want. We played License Maybe. to Kill, so one hit kills, and if you saw someone, you blasted them. It didn't matter if they had a gun or not. Well. <laughs> uh, Ryan said that it was super fun, but it gave him a migraine, and <laughs> this is my favorite, and I think that both of us will agree with our friend Rich, who said, looks worse than I remember, still very fun, but NFL Blitz is a lot more fun. <laughs> We actually lost one of our N64s to uh, NFL Blitz because we had a copy of NFL Blitz and people stopped playing GoldenEye and started playing NFL Blitz and played it the entire night. Um, so What a concept. I think we can all agree that NFL Blitz is more fun in 2020 than GoldenEye. Yeah. And then uh, just to include you guys in on this conversation too, um, I went back to when we last posted about GoldenEye and Retro and Rare on Instagram said, Contrary to the belief of elitists, this game holds up so well. Still hours of multiplayer fun to be had with friends. Local multiplayer, no internet required. Wow. So there are people, you know, that online that have very strong opinions about this game does not hold up. You know, we've had some of those sentiments today. But there are people who love this game and says say it still hold up. And Retro and Rare on Instagram is one of those people says that there's still lots of fun to be had with GoldenEye. And we did have fun with it. It's good in a LAN party setting where you're playing with friends and you can laugh at the goofiness and the bad controls. And, you know, you're all on the same page. It's terrible for everybody. I'd be uh, I'd be intrigued to, to hear about his experience with GoldenEye. Like if, he, if he's been playing it a lot um, or if it's just kind of like he casually picked it up because... I, I wonder, I genuinely try to give things like a fair shake before I have one opinion or the other on them. Um, and so I'm like, if I spent another four hours with Goldeneye, would I just be completely fine with its flaws after I, you know, got used to it? Or is it <laughs> like, but it just, I don't, I don't want to. No, I don't think you do. Like it just, it feels terrible because like games are good now. Like shooters are good now. Yeah. Like you can play a shooter and expect it to at least have some level of like, I can aim at the things that I want to aim. And, and like, I think 
the difference is how are you approaching it? Are you approaching it from a historical perspective to see like this was a game that is of its time or are you looking at it by today's standards? So part of the thing that we do is look at the games by today's standards. There are a lot of people who are content to look at these games as a product of their times and to look past their weaknesses, but that's not what this show specifically is trying to do. No, we take objective truth very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Wow. Well, do you want to um, move on to our, our next segment or do you want to do the trivia or I guess we haven't really figured out what is the order that we do these things in now? I think the trivia is going to be the last segment. We'll just okay. stick with the, the normal order of operations. Okay. Uh, what would you pay for the experience that you had with GoldenEye, Jordan? See, without the- nostalgia glasses, but with unlimited money. But it's hard to do the without nostalgia glasses because this is one that like so many of my generation have a connection to and like that broadens the yeah. potential of me playing it and like... Uh, the historical perspective for this game is hard to take out of it. Yeah. Like I'm really I mean, having a hard time. Like I, I get that most games, you know, I, I'm just like uh $2, but like if I'm at a garage sale and I saw GoldenEye for like $7, like I would have a hard time not picking it up cause I don't own it. And it like, hmm. I did have fun with it. Um, I had more fun with it than you did. This could actually be the first time that I pay more for a game than you. Like I would actually pay up to like $10 for this game. Okay. Uh, but like, I know that there is so much nostalgia in there. Yeah. You have a really hard time with these like overly nostalgic games. Yeah. No, I'd like, I suck at this when it comes to like, the good thing is that I haven't played most of the games that we cover on the podcast. So this doesn't usually happen. Yeah. But like, I'm terrible at being objective. Yeah. Um, so you say up to 10, well, just like, like as seven like a, to ten, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a lot. As like just like the game on its own merits of like, oh, this would be funny to load up and and play or whatever. Like, I don't know, four dollars or whatever. Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I said like four dollars, but like as what it is, it's Goldeneye. It does have a place in gaming history, and it does have a place in so many of our personal gaming histories. And so for that reason, that's why I would say more. Okay. I feel, man, what would it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take nostalgia glasses off too. Cause that's all that it is for me. This is just pure nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I would never, I don't see myself ever playing GoldenEye for any other reason than like, oh, I played it as a kid. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, oh man, it, for some reason it hurts me to say it, <laughs> but I'm like five or six dollars. All right. Um, that's what I feel like GoldenEye is worth without the nostalgia glasses. Yeah. All right. If I put nostalgia glasses on. Yeah. Um, I feel like 13. <laughs> okay. So not a huge jump. <laughs> no. Well, more than double. Yeah, that's fair. All right. It's The nostalgia doubles the value of it for me. There you go. But good thing I already have it. And I don't have to worry about this question. Yeah. Good thing I have it. And I don't have to play it anymore. <laughs> It's going on the shelf for a long time. Well, it's been on the shelf but for you know a long what? time. It can stay there because uh, I heard that a good friend of yours gave you Perfect Dark for your birthday and an expansion pack, so you can just play the better version of this game next time. Yeah, or I could have played it on Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I will, I will be playing Perfect Dark at some point. I just don't know when. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, all right, so what do you think this one's going for on eBay? Uh, I have, I have really have no idea. Like there is such a nostalgia factor there. I know that they made a ton of copies of these games, especially with the game of the year edition being a thing. 
Um, it's actually the third best selling N64 game with over 8 million copies sold. Yeah, so I can't imagine that this is like super expensive, but I could see it going for around like $18. Okay. That's not that's not a terrible guess. You're you've I'm got better. I'm so proud of you. And I don't know if it's just cuz you've done all this research on stuff or like it's well, just part of it is just like getting good now that we're doing this worth it or worthless every day on social media like i'm starting to see yeah. kind of what things but i still get blown away like games that i think are going to be worth a lot aren't worth a lot and things that i think are not going to be worth anything are like crazy expensive so there's really a, not a lot of rhyme or reason sometimes to these things yeah so the the range i saw on this one was like 17 to 25 dang i was in there when i looked up the number on ebay uh this was probably like a week ago now so it could be different but it, because it's a 90-day average, apparently, Okay. the eBay algorithm said. It was like $23 on average. All right, I can so, see So, yeah, like 17 to 25 though. Uh, you got it. Nailed it. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. <laughs> what game is that from that says congratulations? Snow Brothers. Snow Brothers. Uh, uh, Nick that, and that's Tom. sweet. Nope. Is what? it Nick Tom? Nick and Tom. I feel like that Bro, doesn't sound right to me. I know that it's, wow. You're the Snow Brothers guy. Yes, I am the Snow Brothers guy. If you guys have been avoiding the Snow Brothers episode because <laughs> you've never heard of Snow Brothers, I would recommend you go listen to it because Dan owns a game that is obscenely expensive and isn't very good, and it's called Snow Brothers. <laughs> what a concept. And I, Most I of say, the obscenely expensive ones aren't very good. Yeah, so go check out that episode. <laughs> and the obscenely expensive ones that are really good are really expensive. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> All right, so we can... $23. Yes, yeah. $23, is it worth it or worthless? And uh, I mean, like, completely... Yeah, no, I even with nostalgia, I wouldn't pay $23. I'd have to say worthless. Gotta be worthless. Gotta be. Just just watch it on YouTube. You'll feel better. Like, I I know that I paid less than that for Perfect Dark for you, so... Yeah. I would definitely... That makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Worthless. Yes, worthless. I'm sorry, people... Sorry to be the bearers of bad news. Sorry to ruin your childhood, but it's 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 a jungle out there. It's <laughs> one of the levels, the final level of, before the bonus levels is jungle. So that's true. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah. What do you got for me today? I have a question from Instagram user Blue Phase. Remember, you can keep an eye on our Instagram and Twitter, and we will be looking for questions. You can at any time send us questions about any of the games that we've covered in the past. But if you want to ask us questions about upcoming episodes, keep an eye out there. And this one comes from Blue Phase, and this is the question. Are you ready, Dan? I am. In the movies, James Bond is notoriously well prepared for his missions. In GoldenEye for the N64, James Bond starts his campaign with just a silenced PP7 and this many bullets. Is it 30, 50, 75, or 100? Wow, that's a that's a good one. I like, yeah. I like this question. Well, I'm glad. Uh, you said 30, 50, 75, 75 or, or 100. 100. He has just a PP7 and some bullets. I feel like he has seven rounds and then there are 30 extra bullets bullets so i feel like technically it's 37 uh you are wrong he he has seven bullets in the gun and then 93 additional bullets he's got 100 bullets so you only start the pp7 but you uh silenced pp7 but you have 100 bullets to to go so you got it wrong that doesn't sound right to me uh well that might not sound right to you but it is true 
And wow. yeah, so congratulations, Blue Phase. We will reach out to you and you have won yourself a worth it or worthless sticker. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. There you go. That's the game. So if you want to win some cool stuff, send us your trivia. You can stump Dan and he will say, that doesn't sound right to me, Yeah. but I will have verified it on the internet to make sure that it is true Wow. and uh, you can win too. All right. Cool. Well, do you have anything else? I do not have anything else. I think that's going to be it for today. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, leave us a review if you enjoy the show and let us know what you think. Absolutely. And we will see you next time. All right. Bye. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at worthitorworthlesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in staying up to date with the show, follow us at WIOW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review and subscribe if you want to hear more. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. We sincerely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.